But it is in one area in particular that this consciousness is vital above all others for us to attempt to comprehend and absorb within us. Our attitude toward nature. I need not belabor evidence for the attitude toward nature that ancient civilizations everywhere took, from the sapiens hunting culture and the agricultural domesticating culture, and forged into philosophies of increasing domination and destruction. Nor is it necessary to retell the experience of modern scientific civilization in ratcheting up these philosophies into an underlying ethos and equipping it with habits of thought and tools of power that have enabled us to extend our dominance over the globe with the force of a hundred unhalting hurricanes, determining life and death for all other species and systems we encounter. But it is well to understand the simple truth that Western civilization has always defined itself in opposition to nature. As Freud said, civilization was necessary to defend us against nature, including our own, and to realize that this opposition is critical to the way the civilization views itself and operates. What a terrible indictment to have a culture that prides itself on its distance from the natural world and the natural cycles and rhythms that regards its mission as needing, in Francis Bacon's words, to conquer and subdue nature with its indomitable technology, and that is built on the idea that nature has value only if it is harnessed and exploited for economic purpose. Nature, Mr. Allnut, says the spinster on the African Queen, is what we have been put in this world precisely to rise above. It might even be said that by the 21st century, Western civilization's opposition to all that is not civilized and domesticated has been so successful that in one sense, as the Duke University literature professor Frederick Jameson has said, nature is gone for good, by which he means that the instruments of advanced capitalism, including industrialism, commercialism, corporatism, financial markets, agribusiness, tourism, trade, media, advertising, all on an encompassing global scale have caused, at least on the effective conceptual level, a radical eclipse of nature itself. Not only has nature been conquered and plundered and exploited for human ends, it has even been subsumed and cast aside by the dominant culture as an irrelevant image, except in advertisements. But the fact is that nature is not gone from our souls, no matter how much capitalist civilization has distorted and dismantled it or driven it from our daily sensibilities. Not only is there that two-million-year-old primal self within all of us, but it is genetically encoded to understand and appreciate nature the way the erectus self did, even though it sometimes seems buried under and stifled by the modern self. We evolved in a wilderness of extraordinary diversity, where we lived in daily intimacy with animal life and plant variety, upon which we depended completely and unbrokenly for survival, and that has only been reinforced by natural selection through 72,000 generations over the long millennia. Hence, under our modern veneer, and in spite of the multiple obfuscations of capitalist culture, we still have an innate need for connections to nature, 
We have an ineradicable appreciation of its flora and fauna, and we have the capacity and somewhere the felt ability to achieve a communion with beings other than ourselves and settings other than those we create. Edward Wilson, the Harvard biologist, has named this biophilia, and he says that it is the innately emotional affiliation of human beings to other living organisms that is hereditary and hence part of ultimate human nature. It is upon this that a modern erectus consciousness of nature can be built. It would begin with a basic understanding that nature is good, just as the imbuti know. That seems simple enough a concept, but it is not one that our culture has fostered. We are taught to know that we have been expelled from the good world of the garden into the bad and fierce and wild one of nature.